Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current Saltwater Fishing Podcast. My name is Captain Ozzy with Marker 23 Guide Service. And today I had the chance to sit down with Captain Hunter Young of Youngco Guide Service. Hunter and I talked about a variety of different topics. From how he likes to break down big bodies of water to fish in coastal rivers. We also talked about a very special organization by the name of Disabled Outdoors. I would like to apologize ahead of time for a few audio interruptions. We live right next to a military base and there was some military aircraft that flew right over our heads. You may hear that during the podcast. Also, there were some dirt bikes and motorcycles having a blast right outside of where we were recording. But otherwise, I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. The registration is now live for the first ever Eastern Current Online Angler Series Redfish Tournament. Click the link in the show notes to sign up today. This will be an artificial-only spring redfish series. You can fish all three tournaments in the series or just one. The tournaments will be hosted through the iAngler app and you can participate from any state. The first tournament will be March 24th and 25th with an online captain's meeting the night before hosted through our Facebook page. The Redfish tournament will consist of your longest three redfish per day under 32 inches. This is just the start to our online angler series and we're excited to bring you many more tournaments for redfish, speckled trout, flounder, and more. If I'm fishing a jig, you can bet it's going to be an iStrike Texas Eye. Dave and Ralph at iStrike have built the most versatile and durable lineup of jigs in the saltwater industry. Whether you need a finesse presentation on spooky wintertime redfish, or you need to hop a big swim bait on deep water structure for cobia and bull redfish, iStrike has the jig for you. Be sure to check out their website and use code EC10 for up to 40% off all iStrike products and 10% off all Z-Man products. The code can only be used at iStrikeFishing.com, and you can find the code and the link to their website in the podcast show notes. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Eastern Current on Patreon. There you'll be able to find our weekly Ramp Talk podcast where my guide buddies and I discuss our day-to-day fishing on the way to the boat ramp in the morning. You will also be able to find extra video content that you can't find on YouTube. If you've loved listening to the Eastern Current podcast, subscribing to our Patreon is a great way to help support the show. Well, Captain Hunter, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Of course, man. Uh, just got off the water, grinded it out together just a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, It'd be like that sometimes. You ain't freaking lying, buddy. Um, but anyways, before we get into it and talk about the day and what we did and uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and um, how you got into fishing. How I got into fishing. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm originally from Mary, North Carolina. I grew up fishing for rainbow trout, brown trout, bass, panfish, you name it. Like if it swam in a pond or a creek or a river up mm-hmm. near the house, I was chasing it. Got to credit that to uh, to two fatherly figures in my life. First one being my dad, um, you know, he's a big time outdoorsman, still is, loves the fish, loves the hunt. He was always taking, I could, my earliest memories date back to Lake James. <clears throat> he would take us out after he got off work and we would go down to the lake and just take bobbers and night crawlers, man. And we'd freaking waylay on the yeah. <laughs> the bluegill and yeah. stuff like that. And 
he would take us to these paid ponds, <clears throat> these catfish paid ponds. We'd go out there, and it was just like every cast, you know, we would yeah. be. And me and my brother were just tickled with that. And then the second father figure would be my grandfather, uh, my mom's dad. Milton Vigors was his name. <clears throat> and uh, I would accredit, like, my saltwater fishing to him. He loved to saltwater fish. Anything, he would come down here every year, and we would go down to Oak Island, and uh, we would fish on the Long Beach Pier. R.I.P. When it was still <laughs> yeah, when it right. was still there before it got taken out. Right. And uh, my earliest memories, saltwater fishing, were off of Long Beach Pier. And uh, I can just remember waking up in the morning, you know, and my mom, she would make some comments like, you know, this is supposed to be a vacation. <laughs> and you guys are fishing the whole time. And it's true. We would wake up in the morning and we had, uh, we had it pretty dialed in, had a little pier cart, and we'd pull it out there and we'd spend all day on the pier. And uh, – that's just the, the kind of guy he was. He didn't give up easily, and he would go out there, and it wasn't about catching fish, you know. It was mm-hmm. about spending time, and he was the type of person you could talk to. He could talk to anyone, you know. So um, I guess earliest memories, that's how I got started. And uh, I kind of kept on the up on the trout fishing thing. I've, I've, I know me and you talked about it recently. I fly fished growing up a little bit in the streams up there, the – you know, Limble River, the Oak and the Lufty in Cherokee, Bryson City, Deep Creek, uh, the Armstrong River, the South Toe, the North Toe, all those rivers I grew up, you know, right when I got my license, it mm-hmm. was like, you know, I had senior release, and even when I didn't have release, I was <laughs> <laughs> taking, yep. all, taking the, the old fishing pole up to the river and uh, and chasing those fish every chance I could, and uh, we, started, uh, we started taking trips here and there. I went up to... Uh, <clears throat> went up to the Santee, did some fishing up there, and just started traveling around a little bit, and then left for college, did college for a year, and then uh, didn't fish a whole lot during college, went to uh, join the military after my year of college, pretty short college career there, (laughs) Um, but uh, joined the military and got sent out to California for five years, Mm -hmm. and so I was out there, didn't do a whole lot of fishing, I it took, I don't know, a year or two. It was pretty busy with work, and uh, I started fishing down at Dana Point, actually. Dana Point in SoCal, there's a little harbor out there, and uh, I went and bought a kayak from Bass Pro and uh, went out there. They had a little bait station. You could buy these, what they call anchovies or, like, little bait fish and stuff. And I'd go out there and catch calico bass and uh, halibut and stuff and kind of started fishing again a little bit, and we would go out to some paid ponds and stuff and I got orders back here, and, you know, every time I came home, if we, you know, went on vacation or something, we were coming down here and fishing, Mm -hmm. and uh, got orders back here, and uh, did the John Boat thing. I feel like everybody starts on the John Boat, you know, learning new water. Got to start on a good old (laughs) 16-foot flat-bottom John Boat. It's the best way to learn, you know. I just had a memory pop up of mine. You know, like, Facebook will throw memories up. Yeah. I just had one. I don't know how many years ago it was, but um, old John Boat, man. I was, like, double-fisting reds in one, (laughs) and then I had held a pretty nice trout in the other picture. I was like, dang. Yeah. I do miss that boat. (laughs) Yeah. My my uncle – um, he had a John boat that had been sitting out behind his garage and, uh, he hadn't, that thing had a 40 horse Mercury Mariner on the back. And, uh, I went and did some work for him. He was clearing some trees, cutting some trees. I went and cut some trees for him. And, uh, we, we cracked a deal that, uh, the John boat would be payment. So it didn't take too long. And I, uh, <clears throat> had that Mercury Mariner purring, you know, those old two strokers, they never die. Never, so, <laughs> never die. <laughs> 
And so I got that thing running and I came down here and I started fishing again and got into the inshore thing and started doing trout. You know, trout was the first thing. I feel like that's the best way to learn around here. It's what everybody learns first. I feel like trout and started fishing creeks, catching trout. We were catching redfish and stuff. And, um, yeah, just fishing New River, fishing there around Swansboro and, uh, and Topsail. Lived in Sneeds Ferry, so fished a lot of the areas like North Topsail, mm-hmm. that area, and, uh, and the river. And <clears throat> let's see. Yeah, that's kind of like my introduction into fishing, I guess. So that's right on. And then, um, so you were fly fishing in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And then you were spin fishing down here in the coast. Yeah, we uh we did we did some spin fishing and we did fly fishing up there. And you know we never were the the type to be you know all fly or all spin. You know, and right we on. never hated on either. We were kind of part of both crowds. Uh, you could see me and my dad wading the banks of the Oak and the Lefty and the Linville, and we would have a spinning rod in one head and a fly rod in the other. And, uh, you know, dry fly fishing up there, that's like my favorite, you know, dry mm-hmm. fly fishing for trout is so fun. And um, <clears throat> I would keep a dry fly on my fly rod, and then I would have a spinner on the spinning rod. And mm-hmm. walking down the river, you see some rainbow trout rising, you know. Okay, hey, putting down the spinning rod, and yeah. now I'm going to try to whack this thing with the fly rod on the dry fly. That's and awesome. Then, yeah, and then, you know, if you see a deeper pond or deeper deeper hole in the creek or in the bend, mm-hmm. I wasn't scared to pull out the spinner, you right. know? Yeah. So we kind of went back and forth. And then when we came down to the beach, we never really did a whole lot of fly stuff down here at all. I'd always wanted to, but uh, kind of kept it up, you know, trout fishing and stuff in the mountains. And when we came down here, it was mainly pier fishing. And then we fished down at the point, yeah, uh, southern tip of Oak Island or Long Beach that you can see Holden Beach from. <clears throat> my earliest memories is, you know, fishing out there with my, my grandpa and, and my dad. We would walk down there, and we would wade at the point and throw, you know, my dad, big artificial guy. So it started at a young age, and we were throwing little paddle tails out there at the point uh-huh. and during the summer. And we would catch speckled trout, yeah, flounder, redfish, you know, if we were lucky. Um so yeah, that was at you know a young young age we were doing that, but not a whole lot of fly stuff down here. No, until uh, until you got me into it <laughs> a little more recently. <laughs> yeah. um, but then how did how did that progress from from <clears throat> banging around on the John boat to eventually guiding? <sighs> well, guiding is something I feel like I've I've heard a lot of you know I listen to all your all the Eastern Current stuff and. I've heard a lot of guys say it, but I feel like the dudes who get into it, it's kind of all starts the same way. And it's mm. it's a dream you have as a kid. I feel like it's something you're given, you know. It's like <clears throat> I feel like some people probably get into it for the wrong reasons, but a lot of sure. people that get into it that are passionate about it, that stay, that are really going to keep doing it, do it because it's something that they love to do and it's something they felt called to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I can tell you right now as a kid, you can ask anybody that knew me well, my mom, you know, my, my parents, <clears throat> anybody in my family that was close to me or friends, they would tell you, like, what are you going to do when you grow up? Oh, I'm going to be a guide. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do something in the outdoor industry. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to fish. I'm going to do something, you know. Yeah. And uh, Now you get to do both, right? Yeah. So you split your year up? Yeah. I try, Well, I try to. I'm, I'm leaning into that. I think that's, like, future stuff. Uh, I didn't mean to spill the beans. No, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Young Co. Guide Service uh, is going to eventually be a thing out in uh, out west as well. 
That's um, awesome, dude. Yeah, that's the plan, the future plans. Once the military quits spoiling everything, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I forgot where we were at, but <sighs> so walk walk me through a little bit. Um, you progressed to, as a guide, something you wanted right. to do. That's right. Since yeah. you were little, that's what we we're talking um, about. Yeah, sorry, I've, I've heard it. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm the worst about it, dude. I I'll start here and end up over there in a heartbeat. Um. <laughs> But I've heard it been said on another podcast. Nah, man, I wish I could remember who said it. But he's like, man, some you know some people are and some people ain't gods. Yeah. And some dogs eat poop and some dogs hunt. Yeah. It's just how hey, you. I was like, that's that's an interesting. It's, it's way fair. Way yeah. To say fair. It. <laughs> and um, yeah. uh, we're lucky. We we've got a really good group of guys around us. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a god, uh, what are you spending your year focusing on? What do you prefer to spend your year focusing on? What do I prefer to spend my year? I Really anything, man. I, I love to catch trout. I love to catch redfish. But I'll tell you what, I don't sleep on them sheep's head either. No. I, like, I like to catch sheep's head on the bridge. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something. That, and I feel like depending on the, you know, a lot of people, they say, <clears throat> I mean, I love the calls that I get from guys who are like, you know, they're a bass angler from the middle of the country, and they're like, hey, man, I want to catch redfish on top water. That's I right. want to catch a big trout on top water. I love those trips. I, lo- I love taking guys like that because they know exactly what they're looking for, what they want to do, and we already know what we're going to get out of that day or what mm-hmm. we're going to target. But I also don't turn down or, or don't, you know, feel any differently about a trip where I'm taking a dad and mm-hmm. his son, you know, who maybe haven't done a lot, a whole lot of fishing. Yeah. And uh, sheep's head fishing is some of the funnest for kids that oh, I've yeah. experienced. They lo- it's just constant action, you know. Yeah. So for sure. Um, the past summer, I think I really keyed in on that, and we did a we did a lot of sheep's head fishing. So yeah. Um, and those bass guys, to your point, they've got something figured out. Oh yeah. You know, I get excited. I'm like, yeah, I'm a you know a bass angler or mm-hmm. even a bass tournament angler. Yeah. That's a skill set. Oh, dude. And and they can break it down. They can. Um, the way those guys can break down a fishery uh-huh. as quickly as they can, or an estuary, I should say, mm-hmm. you pick those guys up and put them, a dude who's at a competitive level in the bass, you know, bass tournaments and stuff, they can break something down quick, man. For sure. It's, it's unreal. Um, my dad, <clears throat> Mike Young, he was a huge, huge oh, bass guy. Dirty Mike. Oh, Dirty Mike, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> growing up, um, you know, I can remember the last boat he had, me and me and the rest of my siblings probably ruined it for him, but you know, money, kids cost money. So he sure. got rid of the bass boat, but right. he used to fish. That's all he did was bass fish. He mm-hmm. traveled to Lake Norman. He traveled out all over North Carolina, uh, fishing these bass tournaments with a guy up there. And, uh, they, uh, they did pretty well. Mm-hmm. And that was back during the eighties. It was mm-hmm. probably early eighties to, to early nineties was like probably his biggest, like I would say focusing on bass and right. Um, the bass, like growing up, we did a lot of bass fishing, um, on Lake James. And I tell you what, anyone who's listening to this podcast, who knows what Lake James is, they don't call it the dead sea for nothing, brother. It's, it's a tough lake to fish. It is. You got to be dialed in to catch fish on that lake. Um, and my dad, you know, he can, he can catch fish on that lake. And it's, it's one of those things where, <clears throat> it's a very tough fishery, but he can constantly produce in it. And whenever, you know, his family is, uh, he's got, some of our family are down in Charleston, South Carolina. So mm-hmm. growing up, my dad, he got bit with a salt bug early. He would go down, his grandmother, my grand, or 
his mom's mom, so my grandmother's would be my great grandmother, lit that she moved down to Charleston, mm-hmm. right? And um my dad and my uncle would go down and spend the summers with her. And some of the memories he talks about fishing saltwater down in Charleston, you know, some of the stuff they did down there, just wading around. I mean, they had a little John boat and they would wade fish and catch redfish and they catch trout and uh he talks all the time about how you could catch shrimp off the bridge with hoop nets Dang. you ever heard about that catching shrimp with hoop nets no <laughs> i haven't the first either for me yeah. man said something about baiting the nets they drop the nets off a bridge and, and hoop shrimp during the summertime dang that's and, cool uh, yeah it's a hard place to wade fish yeah it Maybe is a real difficult place to wade fish indeed and uh yeah he talks about that and so he was he was eat up with the uh the salt thing when he was younger and uh i guess me getting back down here and getting into the saltwater thing mm-hmm. again um <clears throat> at a more I, i'd say a higher level um he came down and started fishing with me mm-hmm. you know and like just listen to him and i i say all the bass stuff to say like what he did and like the whole bass fishing thing is he came down here and he'd be like oh look you know look at that school of bait there running that uh-huh running that through that little feeder creek there. I bet on the other side of that feeder creek, there's mm-hmm. a little hole there or something. Right. And sure enough, there's mm-hmm. a hole there, you know, and like, it's just stuff like that he'd be picking out. And uh, he came down and started fishing with me and he got to eat up with it again. Yeah. So he bought a boat and now he comes down and fishes with me. So yeah. and he's helped me out with the disabled outdoorsman thing last year. He, or this past year, you uh-huh. know. Is Mike a god? He's not. No, he's not. He's a... Uh, he just came down and helped out with that, but yeah. uh, he's talked about it. He said, "Well, when I retire, I'm going to come down and help you out with Yunko." So I was like, "All right, yeah, that'd good. be cool, man." Yeah, a little uh, father son action. Um, tell me, tell me about disabled outdoors. You just mean how you got involved with them? <clears throat> what it is? Disabled Outdoorsman is a nonprofit. It started in Texas, and the guy who started it, his name is Weston Jenkins, and uh, they start. He started this uh, nonprofit to take people who've been dealt a bad hand hunting and fishing that's what they do Mm -hmm. and uh, they're an awesome organization and the way I got into it was I was actually bull drum fishing up on the news and I had my dad up there with me and we had went one day and you know started early in the morning hadn't had much success and we got weathered out that morning but I saw there was going to be breaking the weather midday so we came off the water and we went to News River Bait and Tackle up in Grantsboro Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I bumped into a guy that I had known. I uh, actually uh, met him in the service. His name is Zach Weiss. And uh, Zach had reached out at the time. Zach was a game warden, and he worked the Pamlico County area. And uh, he had reached out to Weston Jenkins down at Disabled Outdoorsman. Somehow he got hooked up with him and said, hey, man, we have a great bull drum fishery up here and i think it would be a great opportunity to bring you know do a disabled outdoorsman trip and bring some of these young guys and gals from all walks of life who have been dealt this bad hand to come out here and catch a trophy fish of a lifetime Mm -hmm. so weston uh weston got back to him eventually and the plan was made well i had bumped into zach and he saw me and he was like hey man how you doing you know you've been fishing i said yeah he said uh well i'm doing this thing with the disabled outdoorsman we're running a trip this year and it's a two-day event where we're having some guys come in. It was, you know, kids with terminal cancer and, you know, some guys that are in chairs and stuff, and we're going to take them fishing for two days. I was like, dude, I would love to be a part of that. Absolutely, sign me up. Where do I sign? And uh, he said, okay, cool. 
So that's how I kind of got into it. And uh, Zach, he's a super good dude. He coordinated all that for the first year we did it. And I just showed up with the boat and, and uh, got hooked up with, uh, with my angler, Kane Lewis. Shout out to him. So he's, uh, he's a great dude. Love fishing. I've fished with him two years now. Look forward to fishing with him next year. But, uh, yeah, that's how I got hooked into that. Great organization. We just take people every year. We do this bull drum event mm-hmm. and take them fishing. And appreciate you, Captain Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> I reached out to you this year. Um, Zach was away for work. He, he had some stuff. He moved up north, and he asked me if I would coordinate this year's event. And yeah. so I, I – bit off on i was like yeah for sure dude i'll be around and so i uh i helped coordinate this year's event and i was reaching out he's like hey man i don't know how many people are going to be around that helped out last year if you could put a group of guys together i was like yeah for sure so we had some returners from last year and we appreciate them and we had a lot of new guys this year including yourself so thank you so much for helping out with that that was awesome of you what a humbling experience man that was just so awesome uh group of guys coming together to to take these dudes fishing um and great group of dudes that come fishing the anglers were so awesome um yeah but to stay in the the little brick shacks and and all get to (laughs) eat so it's a what two-day event so we have done two-day events the last two years that we've done it Uh but this year we're talking about doing a four-day event Ooh, yeah so four days and the reason we're, we're talking about doing four days is you try to lump a lot into two days and two full days of fishing back to back are, are pretty hard on some of these guys. Yeah. We had some, um, near misses on my rig, right. not near misses, but it can be a lot for yeah. for someone like that. You yeah. know, they get hot, they That's get, exactly you know, right. and so our, me and Zach and Weston were talking towards the end of the event this past year and we we're like, Hey man, you know, what do you guys think about instead of doing two days and trying to get fit everything into like two full days of fishing? let's do four days mm-hmm. and do half days and we could even, Perfect. you know, fit a weather day in. That's exactly right. And a lot of the things, the guys that have came in and, uh, you know, working with these guys of just like you said, is a crazy humbling experience. The, the attitude and the, the, the way they carry themselves and, and, you know, they have definitely been dealt a bad hand and they have every reason to be mad and be frustrated with life and everything like that. And dude, these guys are glass half full. Yeah, man. They, just ain't. they just don't quit and yeah. they love the outdoors and yeah, it's awesome to be a part of. But one of the things that they kept saying to us is that they, they could not, they loved the camaraderie that came out of these events, right? Hanging out with all the other anglers and hanging out with the guides and getting to spend time and stuff. So when we were talking about next year, we said, Hey, what if we do a four day event? And That's then awesome. we do half days, and then the rest of the day, everybody can come back, fellowship, we can eat together, we'll have more time. Because you were with us last year, mm-hmm. and we did do that, but we had, we were kind of felt like on a condensed time schedule as sure. far as like, you know, we're, we're out by the end of the day, and yeah. there we're out by the end of the day. Because you're corking the whole time pretty oh, much. Oh, yeah. So that, that'll, that'll wear you out, man. It will. Slinging a 3,500 <laughs> yeah. and a big old blabbermouth. Um, yeah. Yeah, that'll wear you out. And yeah. then the first day, everybody's gung-ho, right? Oh, yeah. So, so I was like, look, if we get too hot or whatever, we can come in. When... Oh, absolutely not. We yeah. ate breakfast at the chow hall at like 637. That's right. And we all blasted out under this bridge. Yep. And, dude, my fellow was not coming in. My <laughs> yeah. angler Hayden was not coming in. <laughs> um, and, I mean, it was – no, it was pretty the first day. The next day, come around or whatever, blowing. Yeah. I mean, big. Yeah, And that was. sound gets big in general. Yes, sir. And um, same way. He's like, nah, it's my last day here, dude. I'm not coming in. Yeah. You know what I mean? We ended up getting a little hot and had to run in anyways. 
Um, but he stuck it out. I mean, sun up, sun down. I was like, holy smokes. I think – Those dudes are tough. No doubt. I was like, goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah. I, I'm not even the one fishing and I'm getting tired. I know you got to be worn out. Yeah, there's uh they'll surprise you. Kane, my angler, he dude, he does not give up. Mm-hmm. His uh he says that every year, um, the first year we got together, the first year we did this event, um <laughs> we had the perfect like the day prior to the event. Winds were out of the south. Five, I think it was like three to five miles an hour. Beautiful. It was slick. You could see these fish rolling everywhere, bet, busting bait everywhere. I was like, dude, this is going to be an awesome. And then all of a sudden, this front comes through. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time we had a north wind, and it blows out of the north 30 knots both yep. days. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. But we, uh, one of the, his sayings is if it was easy, we wouldn't be doing it. You know, ah. if it was easy, you know, easy is just not our style. He says that all the time. And he hung with me in those first two days, and we hook up. The first day, we hung two. We had one come off. We had, well, we lost both fish, I think, and one fish was closer to the boat. And uh, day two, I feel like the wind was even worse. And uh, we uh, we did the bull drum thing out in the big water for the first three hours or so, and then we pushed back in the creek. We were just getting beat up out there, so mm-hmm. we pushed back. And he got an inshore slam, caught some trout, caught a flounder, That's caught some awesome. flounder, and caught caught some redfish. So we we chalked it up as a win that yeah. year, and then this year. Dude, it's like we can't get the monkey off. <laughs> I, fil- I filmed it, and, like, day one, just like you said, Kane's not going to quit. We were out there fish busting everywhere, but those big fish just didn't want to eat. But yeah. the, the school, you know, smaller schooling fish were up on the bank, like slot fish. And yeah. They're probably so, just camera shy. Yeah, camera shy is all it is. And so we went up on the bank, and we'd, he, we would catch a couple slots, you know, yeah. to break up the monotony. Then we'd push back off the bank and go to Corkin again for these big fish. And that was all day long, and then we finally hooked him. Yeah, and that you know, I hand off rod to him, and he fought this fish for probably, I don't know, probably ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It was a long fight, you know, and uh, it he was a it was probably a fifty incher. It was he was big, and I got a video of him, and he's like ten, fifteen feet off the bow of the boat. Oh, Comes up and rolls. Man. You can see him, and he's not done. He runs off again, and then he come he came off the front quarter panel of the bow, and uh, I had the net in my hand, and he did that. I don't know, Superman final run after he'd done 10 runs already. It surprised me, and he ran right towards the back of the boat and cut in behind the prop, and I had my, you know, motor trimmed up, and the line ran right across the prop, dude. Oh. It was just, we lost him, and that was day one, you know. Yeah. And day two, we just talked it up. We corked all day, corked all day, and we lost. You saw us out there. We hooked. Yeah. We hooked some fish. We went to bait fishing. I was going to say, I think we all kind of. We all kind of grouped up there. A couple yeah. phone calls later, we're like, no, nah, I ain't got nothing. Nope, I ain't got <laughs> nothing. So we all kind of huddled up and was um, throwing Lupton rigs and bait. Yeah. And um, we hooked some fish yeah. and we lost them. I think we, we, we yeah. hooked one or two or something like that. Um, but yeah, tough. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a windy day that time. But we still were able to. Uh, yeah, you guys put some fish in the boat. We caught more fish this past season than what we have the prior season, which. Amen, th- yeah, th- thankful for the the weather that we did have. I mean, we weren't battling thirty knot winds day one. Thank goodness. So yeah. day two, it was blowing pretty good. We were still able to get out there, but uh, and we still landed some 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 drum. But uh, the idea behind this is, <clears throat> if we do a four day, it's like, hey, we got time. Yeah. If it blows one day, we can stay in the creeks, and the next day we can push out of the big yeah, water. That's so right. that's the plan. That's exactly right. Uh, I did get nervous day one. The prettier of the days. Um, 
I, I, he was acting as a photographer. I don't know if he's actually a photographer or not. But anyways, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get on this boat. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Not the camera. <laughs> like, I know what this means. You're talking about, uh, let's see. Yeah, it was the camera guy that they brought up with him. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. So he, he hopped on the rig. Yeah. I said, crap. I'm, I've got the camera. You know what I mean? Fish yeah. are camera shy. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> and uh, it, all, it worked out fine, though. Yeah. Hayden got his fish. Mm-hmm. And then later on, his dad um, got, a, got a fish, too. So it worked out yeah. fine. But um, I'm glad they weren't on the boat the, uh, yeah. the windy day because, man, it was gnarly. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, yeah. If you've ever had a camera crew on your boat, you know, like it adds, adds that pressure <laughs> to you, you know, for sure. For so. sure. But, yeah, great, great organization. I was stoked to be a part of it. I can't yeah. wait to get back. Yeah, um, and thank you again. Yeah, dude, yeah. absolutely. It was, it was a good time just hooting and hollering and, and busting out freestyles with Dougie Doug. <laughs> yeah, um, he's a trip, man. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, but outside of the bull drum thing, which you have pretty dialed in, another thing is uh, trout fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know, I wouldn't say you're new to the scene at all, but you definitely popped up out of like – didn't know who Hunter Young was. <laughs> Next thing I know, you're like top of the leaderboards in these trout tournaments. I'm like, what uh, in the world? And um, so, but with that being said, you great trout angler, got that figured out. How did you come come to the new river, if you can remember, and, and start to break that fishery down? What did that look like? That's a, I mean, it's not the biggest river on the um, on the coast by any means. Right. But then I recently found out too. You 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 know other rivers up and down the coast just as well mm-hmm. so how do you take a big body of water like that and break it down in such an efficient time hmm. good question <laughs> uh let's see i would say first and foremost you know it's like <clears throat> you got to start at the back and work to the front you know so i i would start in the mouth or start in the back of, of a said creek and work to the front depending on the time of year Mm-hmm. Do your research and figure out kind of what what's in the area, and uh, yeah, I would just start start in the deep and and work to the shallow, or start in the shallow and work to the deep, and and see where these fish were. And uh, it uh, so, some certain creeks fish different than others, sure. you know. Yeah. Um, and you you know that just comes with time and figuring out or knowing someone who maybe gives you a tip here and there, and then you kind of look to duplicate that. Once you figure, I feel like. Breaking down a big body of water, I think me and you keyed in on this today. We talked about this when we were on the boat. It's like you find a spot, you you find fish, right? Mm-hmm. Now I'm looking to duplicate that spot. I'm not looking to duplicate the fish, just to duplicate the spot. Mm-hmm. And if it if you find a new spot that has all the things this other spot has, it's liable to hold fish just like the spot you just found, you know? So, pattern them. Right. It's just a pattern. It's all you're doing. And uh, I would say that's the way I look at it. It's like I go till I find fish and then see what I catch them all. You know, yeah. What, what time of year it is, yeah. And then you just kind of go from there, man. And, and w- what would you say makes up a spot, um, or, or for example, what would make up a spot that is holding fish that you would go then try to replicate? You looking focusing on the bottom or the structure? Or yeah. What, what are you looking for? Time of year, right? So, um, if we're talking about trout <clears throat> during the winter time. You know, there's times of the year which you know that uh, you, they're way back, you know, in the backs of these creeks and deep, deep holes. Everybody, when you think trout fishing during the wintertime, that's what you think. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've learned is you get a, a warm spell um, and you get, 
Excuse the redneck Excuse, that yeah. live on my road. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> now punch it is what my dad would say. Now punch it. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's just they. Uh, everyone thinks wintertime trout fishing, get back in these deep creeks. And I've learned that, you know, you, you get a warm spell, you get some warm weather. It could be December, you know, and I may be fishing three foot of water. Right. It depends. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say it depends. Weather and then what's going on. Bait wise, current wise, has it rained recently? What are the salinity levels like? You know, um, crazy rain storm comes through and it rains for three or four days. Sometimes those fish will push, you know, further towards the mouth. Right. So yeah. just that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. So you correct me if I'm wrong, but you look pretty big picture. Yeah, is what it kind of sounds like. Um, big area minded. Yeah. Because um, I I'm really bad about getting into like the micro details right yeah well my last three redfish were sitting on oyster bars or Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna start looking everywhere's got oyster bars you know what i mean yeah no i feel you or or looking at the bottom yeah Uh, and there's something too looking at the bottom absolutely 110 yeah um but sometimes in doing that i will lose sight of the big picture yeah right i think trout like you can definitely look at the bottom and see like maybe pattern some trout on what's going on at the bottom i think that uh Really, it's just it's depth, water temperature, and what's there. Mm-hmm. Is there bait there? Yeah. Is there something they can eat? And even if there's not bait there, is there something that's holding them in that area? Is it a deep pocket, you know, that's in a bend of a creek mm-hmm. out of the current that they can ambush in? You know, mm-hmm. is it your barometric pressure guy? You know that. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's something I take into account too. I look at pressures and stuff when I'm catching fish, but yeah. Um, Captain Addison of Unreal Charters, he was on your uh, podcast on Eastern Current. I your believe tournament it was the last. Partner, right? Yeah, he's my tournament partner, great guy, and great guide. And uh, one of the things that uh, that he was talking about was that we were when we were looking for fish, we were looking for fish, and it's like, you know, we would start in the back and work to the front and then you start looking for different patterns of i lost my old train of thought i'm sorry dude you have to cut this out no you're you're good you're good uh we live near a marine corps base and something keeps flying over (laughs) if it ain't a redneck on a motorcycle going down the road it's the it's the osprey squirrel brain i mean Um, One thing that I was shocked by, though, because I have gotten to fish with both of you now in some different fisheries. Yeah. Not shocked by, but something different that I have now put in my toolbox is um, starting the back and work the front. I've always done it opposite. Mm -hmm. But Addison was kind of telling me, he's like, yeah, I think they're in the back. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with my most likely and work to my least likely. I'm like, dang, that is a, you know, really interesting way to, because if, I mean, there's a lot of anglers around here, right? We're not a huge area. Yeah. If you don't get to the back, somebody's getting to the back. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to get to the back. you got to get sure. stake your claim, dude. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, and I remember what I was going to say now, um, Cap Madison, Unreal Charters, he, uh, <clears throat> one of the things he was following was moon phases, you know, and I've looked at him. I'm avid hunter, love to deer hunt. Mm-hmm. I elk hunt, turkey hunt. You know, if it's got feathers or fur, I probably pursue it. 
Yeah. Four scales, you know. <laughs> um, There's a charter name somewhere in that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Fins and feathers or Fins, something. Fins, feathers, that's, and scales, maybe. That's out there Maybe somewhere. I'll change that to Young Co. <laughs> young Co. Fin, feathers, and scales. Somebody already owns that name. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's like, man, he's, that's trademark, dude. <laughs> but uh, one of the things he was doing when we started kind of figuring these fish out is looking at moon phases uh-huh. and minors and majors. And at first I was like, man, I don't know. But then I started, you know, a good friend of mine, big whitetail hunter, he's a big red moon guy. If you ever talk to whitetail hunters, you talk about the red moon. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, if if it affects game, if it uh-huh. affects whitetails, if it affects deer, why wouldn't the moon phase affect fish too? Right, you know? they're all on the same clock. They're all on the same clock. So we started look, diving into moon phases, minors and majors. And then we would yeah. sit in the, let's just say we're sitting in said spot don't move in a creek uh-huh. and he's like hey this miner's coming up at this time well we won't move we're sitting casting the same thing and then all of a sudden they flip on right. and i've seen days where it's like on the you know i wouldn't say on the minute but on the time frame it's like okay hey you, these fish are noticeably eating now yeah. that they were not you know and it could be in the middle of the morning you know yeah. and uh that's something that he keyed in on that he was really following the app on his phone and i he got uh-huh. me to download it. i don't remember the app is but uh Something moon phase is probably what it's called or something like that. Yeah, if you send it to me, we'll just put it in the show notes. That's super, super helpful. Yeah, but uh, that's something that we started keying in on is moon phases. And uh, if you talk, if I've listened to to a couple like the Speckled Truth and stuff like that, talking about uh, Chris down there, he runs the Speckled Truth. And one Uh of the things he talks about, all those big speckled trout guys down in the Texas Gulf Coast area, you know, they – those dudes live by minors and majors. That's all they talk mm-hmm. about, you know. I feel like every time I listen to them talk, big trout guys down there, minors and majors. So we kind of brought that here and, sent, you know, we're just trying to see if it lined up. And I will say there are days where I was like, okay, this is definitely. And then there's been days we've gone out there and it's not lined up at all. We've debunked it. Hey, there's no minor, no major going on, but they're absolutely firing off what's yeah. going on. You know how they give you a percentage? Mm-hmm. Like in my app, I think it's like bottom right corner or something. Yeah. Of like how productive you're going to be that day. Right. Man, I really like going out on zeros or tens and, and having a good day. <laughs> All right. This is a challenge. Let's see how good I, I can be on this. I that up from my dad, though. You know, like yeah. my dad, man, I, I'm pretty sure I was guiding at the time, but I'd be like, Dad, I don't know if we should go today. Like it's zero percent. I started to like live by it, right? He's yeah. Like, and he was like, no, that's when we need to go. Let's prove them wrong. And yeah. I kind of picked that up. <laughs> I like I like going on with what they're going to say is a tough day. Uh, but for the most part, they do keep it pretty accurate, yeah. I think. Um, I would say, like, go when you can go, you know. Okay. I think a lot of guys get wrapped up into what's the, what's the pressure, what's uh-huh. the temperature, what's the wind doing, what's this, what's that. Like, dude go when you can go you yeah because even yeah. on the bad days you still learn stuff you that's know exactly right um but, we learned a ton today and yeah. we, when we struggled some yeah a for lot. sure <laughs> yeah absolutely that's the well, way it goes though we set out to look at some water that neither of us has seen in quite some time and um we saw a lot of a lot of dead water yeah um, but the whole time we, we were talking about it right we were saying we're seeing this we're not seeing that the fish theories right and um absolutely felt like when when I pulled back into the house, I've learned something. Absolutely, know, pick something I, up. Yeah, and and one of the things you you said today on the boat, <clears throat> I think holds true is just this time of year, winter time. You know, redfish is like they're so consolidated right now. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of dry area that you're gonna go through before mm-hmm. you find them. Yep. You know, that's just the way it goes. But once you find them, you find them. Yep. You know, that's I've, the way wintertime redfishing is, at least in my book. You know? Yeah. 
I view it as um, almost like checking boxes or checking areas or checking zones, right? Right. So I know that if I pull this area and it's dry, check. I, I know. I now know where they're not. Yeah. And I can go up my list, and which which grows every year right. of next area that has historically hold held fish or whatever. Right. Um, if you keep checking boxes, or even if you don't know the area, if you just keep going zone by zone by zone, you're going to find them. Right. I would argue. Yeah. Um, but transitioning into the redfish, do you, if you were to set out to break down an area for slot reds, is it pretty much the same? Or are you keen on the different factors? <sighs> well, you know, I like to fish the river. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do a little two different types. You know, I love to fish the marsh. I love to fish the rivers. Um, I would say, like, marsh-wise during the summer, it's just, you know, they get spread out. Sometimes there are small schools. Sometimes there's not. So you just got to kind of cover ground. I'd yeah. say first and foremost, you got to cover ground mm-hmm. if you're in the marsh. Um, same thing holds true in the river, but uh, I feel like that's just a little different. Sure. In the river, I'm looking for bait. Bait. You know, that's what I'm looking for. I find the bait first and then start looking for fish. Can you have too much bait? You know, I don't think so, but I, I think you could, you probably could. It makes it tough when you do. Yeah, I think there's an argument for both. I think so, yeah. I could see At it both ways. At least from the artificial guy. Yeah, 110%. Um, um, I would say how active the fish are. That would determine if too much bait. Because if, the fi- if there's a, you know, gobs of bait, but there's – these fish are super active, mm-hmm. you know, then, yeah, I would say it doesn't really matter. But if these fish are being kind of tough mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of bait, it gets really, really difficult. Yeah, but if the fish are being tough, if there is bait or there ain't bait, those fish are being tough. And, exactly. Like the, the bait really didn't <laughs> yeah. affect whether or not they're going to be tough or not. 110%. Um, I think it changes what bait I grab. Mm, I'm yeah. going to choose a bait. So the way I view it, and I have probably said this before, and I don't mean to be a, to beat a dead horse, but I think every bait has like a radius, right, mm-hmm. of how far away that fish can be, but that bait still be effective. Mm-hmm. Top water, huge radius. Right. Um, a three-inch paddle tail, not a huge radius. Right. And there's things in between spinner baits, chatter baits, yep. um, prop baits, so Understand, on and so forth. Stuff like that, yeah. Um, so I think depending on the bait and the activity of the bait is how loud I may need to be. Right. Right, because they have choices. Why are they going to choose mine? That's what. I've heard said and what I have said on right. the boat. But what I've found, um, the spoons, the spinner baits, the underspins, the prop baits, the top waters in a very uh densely populated bait area, yeah, those really come to life. Yeah. Hundred percent. You look injured, you look different. Um mm-hmm. there's already the bait. You don't need to throw a three inch paddle tail if there's a bunch of busted men hate. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it gets tough. Um, but I've also seen some very, uh, like, heavy bait, tons of bait, and they wouldn't hit anything that, that didn't look exactly like that bait. So yep. I guess it's just something you got to go out there and figure out. Um, and like I said, there's there's an argument argument to be made on both sides of that. Um, but as far as looking at rivers and looking for rivers, is mm-hmm. that something y'all implement in your tournament scheme up and down the coast? Yes. You look <laughs> – yes. no delay. <laughs> no delay, yes. Big river guy. Yeah. So you're looking for a, we'll a make a run. River. Yeah, we'll make a run yeah. if we need to. Um, the marsh is good during the summer, right? A lot of these tournaments are during the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're switching it up this year, and some of these tournaments for fishing are during the spring or during the fall, which I think is good. Because mm-hmm. um, during the summer, these fishers are just so pressured anyway. Sure. So it's it's going to be a little bit easier on them. And But <clears throat> I like, uh, I don't know, I just like chasing them in the river. It's yeah. just fun to me. 
Um, right. I don't mind. You know, I love the marsh too. Don't make me choose, but um, <laughs> yeah, I would say we're implementing that for sure. Um, yeah. I just like the way it breaks down mm-hmm. and the way you can cover water, cover areas yeah. quickly, um, and the way they fish. Yeah. Um, as, on on the right day, you can cover a lot of water. And if you have them dialed in, it's their, I feel like they're a little easier to get on. Yeah. Uh, then versus the marsh where fish will be broken off, you might have smaller schools here and there. Uh-huh. Um, they're in this one pond. If you don't get there first, you know, then that's kind of, then you got to have A, B, C, D, you know. That's right. And then it's like, but in a bigger body of water, uh-huh. it fishes a little different. Right. You know, so. Absolutely. Man, I, and I've noticed this, um, been fortunate enough to fish with other guides and other other anglers and whatever and i feel like everybody's a little comfortable you know they have that comfort whatever it is yeah uh, about how they fish whether that is in, in a creek or or in a marsh or in a river or mm-hmm. you know large scale big scale or large scale large scale small scale they have something that they key in on yeah um i spend a ton of time in the marsh marsh and bays yeah. uh, so that that's where my, my comfort is that's right. where my history is Spent a lot of time in the river as well, but um, I think it's just you know that's the cool thing about tournament fishing I, that I spoke with um, spoke about with Addison is that everybody's a little different. It's the tournament tactics that really draw me in. You know what I yeah. mean? Like everybody has a different something they do different about yeah. you know what they're how they're breaking it down, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that that's pretty cool. Um, but definitely say I probably spend more time in the marsh than in the river. Yeah, um, but that's because I'm not fast enough. Oh, dude, you're plenty fast enough. Nah. You can't catch them at sixty, bro. <laughs> you can't catch them at sixty. Oh um, man, I think just covering water, man, and like you just find, like you said, find what's comfortable for you, what you're successful with, and what you know, what you spend the most time doing, what you enjoy doing, the right. way you like to fish, and then you just hammer that out. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say we won't hit the marsh. We have, yeah, but. Um, we keep those kind of if if we do have a couple spots like that, we'll keep them in our back pocket. But redfish tournament wise, we just haven't done very well. It's like we've been on fish and just not like mm-hmm. we just don't execute. Right. I don't know. We've had issues here and there. We've had made some bad calls. Um, had them dialed in. Thought we had them dialed in, and then they do something different. Or we have some crazy weather change. You know, all excuses that I'm making. Good excuses. I I'm guess. really good at making excuses. <laughs> I think every god, every angler, yeah. every recreational fisherman yeah. is just really good at making excuses. Yeah. We're putting in our time, and we're yeah. you know we're uh, we're we're cutting our teeth, and we're we're getting there. Um, we were lucky enough last year we qualified. We did the Power Pole Go Live, East Coast Go Live series. We pay, sure. placed fifth in that tournament. Got an invite down to the uh, the Power Pole Championship in Delacroix. Um, so we got to fish Louisiana together last year. And that was awesome. my first time down there, and that was that place is it's unreal, unreal, dude. I, I I described it as it feels like you're in the ocean. You mm. don't see buildings, you don't see anything yeah. you see any, other than fish. You don't see any sign of like civilization, right? Um, but you're in the marsh. Yeah, it's it's like marsh as big as our ocean. It's it's unreal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, awesome place. Really, really fun place. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy the North Carolina tournaments too until some out of state or beats you. Yeah. <laughs> Crap, dude, I live here. Yeah. <laughs> these are my home waters. <laughs> these these tournaments are tough, man. These these anglers around here, you know, the 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 uh the local guys and the out of state guys, the guys that are coming up from South Carolina. I mm-hmm. think there's some dudes that come up from come down from Virginia too to fish these tournaments. Um and uh yeah, man, they're tough. They're yeah. good. They're good anglers. There's a and, solid uh, group of anglers. Yeah, they and, are. And 
running out of this area. Yeah, out of this area, there's some good some good guys, um, you know, that have been doing this a long time. Yeah, that really enjoy doing it. And yeah. uh, tournament fishing is just it's what they do, and yeah. they're really good at it. Yeah. yeah, they're really good at it. <laughs> we'll have our day in the sun one day. But That's so, right. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, walk me through some of your favorite baits you like to use. Favorite baits. Okay. Starting Redfish with, or trout? Starting with trout. Trout. <clears throat> Addison already spilled the beans last one. It's fine. Dang but, it, Addison. Yeah, dang it, Addison. <laughs> Dog. No, I'm just kidding, brother. Uh, the, da- the, de- the down south lure, man, It's uh, I, th- I think that. That bait right there is a great trout bait, um, especially fishing deeper water. If you had to throw one bait for the rest of your life for trout, it'd be oh top no, top no. <laughs> top water, no same dude, same same top water dude. Top water is my favorite way to catch them. Favorite way really to catch anything, but uh, yeah, the uh, top water would be my my number two. Well, really, I would say number one. But the down south is is a great great bait. Top water one knocker spook. I've heard you say it quite a bit. It works. Um, I also throw the Yozuri's, man. The Yozuri 3D oh, really? pen, floating pencils. Mm-hmm. I've had some some really good. Uh, is that really the banana good. looking one? It is. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of weird shaped. Um, doesn't matter the color. I feel like, but sure. I do key in on the Menhaden colors. I think mm-hmm. they I think they produce a little better. That's just my preference. But right, they got a mullet color too that I like. <clears throat> but I've caught I've caught some big trout on top all of my big trout have come off top water mm-hmm. and um and i've caught we've caught some good ones off the bottom you know throwing down south lures and and z-man paddle tails and stuff like that but i would say if i had to pick one it'd be top water for right. sure and i you know don't put it away that's right don't put it away that's exactly right what about the redfish redfish course of top water course top water that's the staple right yeah um but i like the one hook thing man jig head freaking gulp i think you know we all say it Gulp works. It just does. <laughs> yep. I wish it lasted a little longer, but it doesn't. Um, but, you know, gulp's a great bait. Um, and then, I, you know, I throw some Z-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I throw some saltwater assassin, um, some all paddle tails, you know. And I, I, I like some jerk shad, too. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the stuff I'll fit. It just depends, you know, if it's if I'm fishing around a lot of oysters and stuff, I'll throw a belly-weighted, you know, weedless rig hook. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm fishing the river or something like that, normally time, I, you know, I like to throw something with a jig head on it, you know, yeah, as light as I can get for that day, you and know, still six, have your six, casting distance. Yep, sixteenth ounce is mm-hmm. probably my favorite. Um, eighth ounce, <sighs> and then yeah, I would say spoon. Uh, you know, I'll throw a spoon. Big fan. I, you know, the spoon is like a love hate relationship, right? Yeah. Uh, if you talk to Addison about this, he'll tell you, but. I've got a buddy of mine that um, he's from Florida. He lives in my community, and uh, he grew up fishing down in South Florida. And that's all it. He's like, man, all I do is throw gold spoons. That's all I do. And he comes up here and just whacking redfish on gold spoons. And I had thrown him a little bit, caught some fish on him, but I had decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch these things work. You know, I devoted like a solid three days of fishing to a gold spoon, and couldn't catch a fish on a spoon. Couldn't oh, catch no. one. No, went three days, couldn't catch a fish on a spoon, and the one time I picked up a topwater bait, slammed one on top water, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm putting down, putting down the spoon. But I, just like you keyed into a little while back in this podcast about how time and place, like bait, you're looking for something flashy, stuff like that, I think that matters. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, there's a time and place for a spoon. Um, if you're trying to cover water, 
and you're, you know, blind fishing or whatever, I will absolutely throw a gold spoon. Yeah. I think that's that's a good way to cover water if you can't throw top water, if it's choppy or whatever, you know. So yeah, I would say gold spoon. Yeah, you I guess straight, that's kinda it. you straight reeling your spoon or are you jigging it? I do the I do the jig reel thing. You. Yeah, it just depends. Sometimes I straight reel. I, I rig them up with a uh a uh, barrel swivel on the front. Oh, got to. Yeah, got to gotta do a barrel line. swivel, get that line twist out of there. And then um, Addison, the way he does his is he actually runs, he ties his barrel swivel off up above and then runs leader down to his spoon. The way I like to do it is I just attach that swivel to the front of the spoon. I think both are effective. Right, yeah. But, um, yeah I, I, I like the copper more than I do the gold, though. Yeah. But I'm a straight retrieve guy. Yeah, straight retrieve. And the retrieve. reason I like it is you can fish it. One time I break the spoon out for sure, it's going to be in the wind. Yep. Spoon spinner bait. 10%. You can yeah. reel it right back to you. Mm-hmm. You stay in contact with that bait the entire time. Yeah. Um, unlike if I were to try to fish, um, say, a gulp or a diesel minnow on a jig head, mm-hmm. um, the, with the wind blowing, putting that belly in your line, trying to jig it, yeah. you might miss a bite or two. Mm-hmm. But that spoon, man, it's steady, eddy. You're going to feel that hook up. I would say the most versatile bait of all. Is the gold spoon just because yeah. of just, like you can do the straight retrieve just uh-huh. like you're talking about you can let it get in deeper water and do the jig jig reel type thing yep. and you can actually work that thing i've been reeling it across the top of the water burning reeling it, it back burning it and caught them like that yeah so i feel like it doesn't really matter it like i would say it'd probably be the most versatile mm-hmm. that you could break out for sure yeah yeah man funny funny story totally off topic about burning it back to you send it <laughs> man who was i trout fishing with recently for the life of me can't remember who i was with my buddy noah my tournament partner noah harrison we were we were trout fishing yeah and i thought what i thought i made what i thought was a bad cast i was trying to reel it back to me you know my mirror lures on top of the water yeah you smoked mm-hmm. well, that was weird <laughs> 10 15 minutes go by lo and behold i make another bad cast not a bad cast. I was like, yeah, I don't really like that. So I bring it back to me. I'm going to make a cast where I think the fish are. I'm burning it back to me. I get smoked again in this creek trout fishing. Yeah. I'm like, holy cow. Like, what I'm thinking is a bad cast keeps getting hit, and I'm burning it. So I just start burning my mirror lures. Yeah. I'm making these short jabby, like, kind of to the bank or doing you know, these trees cast, and I'm reeling it. Not burning it, but it's on top of the water coming yeah. back to me. Yeah. And started getting these uh, – trout to roll roll and you're seeing the silver flash and then you're tight yeah and it was so cool man but i guess that goes to show like yeah i, I was telling him i was like man i'm just not gonna stick to what i think should work like yeah. the twitch twitch pause like you're supposed to work it if this is working i'm gonna keep doing it yeah i'm gonna stick with it <laughs> that's a great point man i uh <clears throat> bring addison back up one of the things he said one time we were fish we do a lot of fishing together one of the things he said he's like man i love fishing with different people on the boat Mm-hmm. And he said, the reason I like fishing with different people is when you go out and you fish with someone, they might look in an area and be like, man, that looks like a pretty decent place to cast. Or they might cast somewhere you don't, you might not think, you know, mm-hmm. there'd be a fish laying there. And they do. Or maybe they work their lure a little bit different. Right. Maybe they burn one in and they, you know, just like you're talking about, and they smoke a fish. And you're like, man, there, maybe there's something to that. So, yeah, I, I feel you. Um, it's just, uh, you just never know what they're going to do. Yeah. What was the temperature of that day? Was it pretty warm? Um, I should remember. I bet I got it written down. I want to say it was pretty warm. Yeah. I mean, it was within the last two weeks before it got cold. Yeah. Um, 
Makes I don't sense. remember wearing my bibs, so it must have been below. A warmer day. Yeah, not yeah. below 60. If it drops below 60, I'm in bibs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't do the cold, man. Yeah. Dude, you get out there on the water, it's always 10 degrees colder, and then, mm-hmm. you know, you start running 40 miles an hour up and down the, up and down the channel, and it gets kind of chilly. I promise I'm not doing 40. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I'm probably the worst outdoorsman ever. I, I hate being cold. I wouldn't say that. I've got a box full of hand warmers right over there. Hey, there's nothing wrong with hand warmers. Maybe we'll get sponsored by them. Yeah, Shout if you're, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, tell us, uh, where can we find you if we want to book a trip or, or anything like that? So uh, I'm on Instagram, Young Co. Fishing. Um, I'm on Google. You can just type in Young Co. Guide Service. I'm there. Um, you can give me a call. 828-460-3999, uh, Captain Hunter Young, Young Co. Guide Service. Um, yeah, just give me a give me a shout. Nice. I got to say, that is one of the cooler um, charter company names that I've heard. <laughs> You've so said far. that. I don't know. It just came to me one day, and I, I don't know. I like your name, too. Uh, well, you know. I think it's good. I think it just sets the stage. Like, oh, he's got a cheesy name. I'm a pretty cheesy guy. So, just you know what I mean? Like, I'm just setting expectations. <laughs> I would call you cheesy, dude. <laughs> But, uh, no, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Had a blast. Can't wait to get back on the water again. Yeah, thanks, brother. Really appreciate it. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.